Welcome to the Top of the Pile podcast, where you'll find some of the most interesting authors in conversation about everything from their lives, their books, and their big ideas. From health, science, and true crime, to fiction, history, and romance, we'll bring you fascinating conversations about subjects you never even knew about, and some that you do. You can also get more bookish recommendations by subscribing to the Top of the Pile newsletter. Just visit simonandschuster.com.au to join our mailing list. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hello, my name is Anna, and you are listening to Simon Schuster Podcast. I'm really excited to have a chance to introduce you to a Cuban-American writer, Armando Lucas Correa, whose first novel, The German Girl, is already a bestseller in a number of countries. The German Girl is a novel based on a little-known true story of a luxury ocean liner, St. Louis, that left Berlin in May of 1939, carrying over 900 passengers who were predominantly Jewish refugees, escaping the Nazis in search for a better home. Now, Armando, this is a story that happened long before you were even born, and yet it's very close to your heart. Can you tell us why is that? Um, the, I'm Cuban, as you said, and the first time that I heard about the St. Louis, I was a little shy. I think I was around 10 years old, living in Havana, and it was my grandmother. My grandmother is the daughter of a Spanish immigrant. Her parents arrived in Cuba by the end of 19th century, and she was pregnant with my mom in 1939, May 1939, the 27th, by the way when the boat arrived in Cuba, when she saw that they were not allowed to disembark, only 28 of them, uh, I think it hit her very hard. I remember growing up in Cuba under communism, uh, having dinner with the family and my grandmother fighting with my grandfather about the destiny of all these refugees. And she said, and it's a quote that I put in the mouth of Alma, one of the characters, in the book, that Cuba is going to pay very dearly because of what they did to all these refugees. And it sounds also from everything that we know about the book and the conversations you already had that you've put a lot of research into this book mm-hmm. and then spent a long time finding all sorts of things. I was wondering, from all the things that you have heard, first of all, I'd like to know what do you think is the most precious thing that you have found? And mm-hmm. secondly, I would like to know what was the most surprising thing that you have found? Uh, it was a lot of things. For example, uh, I never talked to the survivors until I, I finished my first draft. When I finished the draft, I started, you know, trying to talk to some of them around 13, living around New York, New Jersey, uh, one in Canada and the other one in Israel. And the, the first surprise was that some of them, they don't want to talk about the St. Louis. It's, you know, 77 years later, and it's too painful for them. Even they don't talk to the family about the St. Louis. And for me, it was a big surprise because this is part of my family. Even, you know, the St. Louis, something distant from me. And I I was obsessed. I said, how can you survive without? And they understand that when, some, when you lost your family, like most of these children of the St. Louis, it's really hard to get over it. And this was a big surprise. And I'm trying to buy everything related to the St. Louis that is available, books in languages even that I don't read, 
uh, currency, you know, the 10 Reichsmark from 1939, from March specifically. Mm-hmm. And and one of the pressure things that I found, it was the diary from the captain, Gustav Schroeder, uh, signed by him. And I bought it in Germany uh, through a auction house. And I remember when I received it, it was really expensive. When I received it, it was really old, small, with this signature of this little man. And the owner of the book, or the I think it was a bookstore, it put me in a, you know, Armando, you are buying a precious thing. This is very valuable. I don't, I don't know your value, don't the, the real value of this book. I, 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 I thought maybe I'm going to send an email back or a letter, but I keep it with me for all these years and I donated to the small Holocaust Museum in the Hebrew Center in Havana two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And you've met now also with some of the survivors that actually oh, did yeah. live through that and yeah. they told you, you the know, stories. Yeah. No, uh, some of them, they're very active about the St. Louis. For example, Herbert Carliner, he was 13 years old mm-hmm. when the boat arrived in Havana. And I remember, he's the funny guy I remember telling me in, in in Miami, where he lives, Armando, when we left Havana, we were very stressful. You know, my father was crying. My mother was crying. My sister was hysterical. And then we arrived to to Miami, close to the coast. And I, say, I said to my dad, hey, dad, I don't want to live in Havana. I want to live here. And then he survived. He's a lucky one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her part, because he went to an orphanage in France, to the non-occupied zone from the Germans. But uh, her, his father, mother, and sister, they, you know, they were mm-hmm. murdered in Auschwitz. He went to to study like bakery in France at the beginning, and then he went to Connecticut, and then he ended in Miami with a beautiful life. He has a beautiful wife, children, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I think he's a happy one. He's mm-hmm. a very optimistic. He talks a lot about the St. Louis. He tried to put in contact with Gustav Schroeder for, you know, the end of his years in Germany and he found his hat through a nephew and the hat of the captain right now is in the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. Amazing. The German Girl is also a historical novel that speaks of the past events of the Second World War, but sadly it's very relevant to what is happening right now and essentially exemplifies um, these kind of a fatal consequences that uh, we have of the policies of closed borders and closed minds. So we're talking back about the Second World War, but do you feel that the way we talk about these events in light of what's happening now makes us look at these stories in a different way? All the time, but when I was writing the novel, I remember I was too obsessed with this story. And at the same time, what is the reason nobody talk about it? What is the reason all these documents related to the San Luis disappear for the National Archive in Cuba? Why uh, United States take uh, many years, it was in 2009, that they recognized what they did to these refugees. In 2011, Canada built this monument to these refugees. We're talking about a couple of years ago. What is the reason? And one of the reasons I think is because we feel shame about this part of the history. It's easy to say Hitler, you know, murdered six million of Jews, but the whole world was with Hitler at that moment. Nobody wants the refugees. If you read all this newspaper and all the headline, and they say they are scum, they are warm, 
they don't deserve to leave. What, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting a, a headline. And they rape our women and children. And they stole our money. And this is happening now. You see the news right now talking about the Syria and all these uh, seven countries that United States banned to enter. You know, we're talking about human beings. They're not scum. They're not warm. They're trying to survive. And what we're doing, you know, turn the head because we don't want to see that kind of an issue. We're thinking about ourselves. And one of the themes of the novel, because I want to feel that connection. When I was writing, it was about the St. Louis. It was about the emotional connection. But at the same time, you can see Anna in 2014 and New York and September 11. I'm trying to find a connection, even a connection with Cuba uh, in the third chapter. Because it's not something that happened, you know, when when my, my daughter, she's, she's going to be 12 years old, she read the novel, she thought that it was like a from Asian history mm -hmm. happening many years ago. We're talking about something happened in the middle of the 20th century, in the center of the most civilized continent in the world. It was yesterday. Because obviously there are two narratives in your book. There's mm -hmm. the past one of what happened in 1939. Mm -hmm. But there's also the contemporary one, and the two of them, well, com sort of come across each other in a number of, of points. Now, you yourself are also a, a refugee, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yet that part of the book is not really <laughs> spoken a lot yeah. about what does it mean to be a, a refugee? What does it mean to live, make a home in a different country? Yeah. Well, when, when you live, uh, you have to leave your country in a moment of your life that you are an adult. You know, uh, I studied in Cuba. I left in 1991. I think it was in the late 20s. And I have to reinvent myself in the United States. United States right now is my country. I live in New York. I am an American citizen. I have my three children. I create my family. But let me tell you, for, when I was writing the novel, I never thought, like, uh, I am a refugee. I am here battling to survive. No, I am feeling right now. And I am back to my memory, my memory that I am a refugee living in, in a country that I think is mine when I create my family. I remember my daughter before the election, when Donald Trump won, that, that she said to me one night when we were, we were reading that if Donald Trump uh, win, we're going to move to Canada. And I said, why are we going to move to Canada? This is our country. And... I said, you know, I survived Fidel Castro. I survived communism. And she said, well, but you left the country. And right now I am thinking all the time because I am travel a lot. I'm going, I am going. I went to Canada like five times in a month. And now I'm in Australia. I just came from Cuba. What is going to happen when I return to my country? When I say, with this Cuba, I'm traveling a lot. Thanks God, I have global entry. I don't have to talk to an immigration officer, but it's, it's panic. Look at what happened to one of the Australian authors. Look at what happened to everybody who's traveling to the United States. They're questioning. It is fine to, to question, but you have to question in a way and trying to find what is the reason. I am an American citizen. I am coming you know, to my country where I live when I pay my taxes. So there's one more thing that I really, really wanted to ask you. I remember a long time ago, somebody said to me that the biggest distinction between fiction and nonfiction is that nonfiction is for people who are looking for answers. They want to know dates, specifics, what exactly That's happened. That's a good point. <laughs> 
fiction is more for people who are still looking for questions. How did it feel? You know, how would it be if I was this or that? Now, I know that a lot of people ask you already this yeah. before. Why didn't you write the, yeah. the book as a nonfiction? But I wanted to ask you, no, why you didn't do that? I wanted to ask you, what questions were you looking for? Well, when my daughter Emma read the book, the, you know, the 11 years old daughter, when I, she finished the book in a weekend, we were in the country house. I was nervous. It was my, you know, my most important reader at that moment. And when she finished, she came to my room and she said, why? Why this happened? And I was with her and saying, well, it could happen again. And we are responsible for everything. I don't think I was looking for an answer when I was writing, but at the same time, nonfiction is about fat, as you said, and I'm a journalist. I love the fat. I love to have my detail very, and you can see in the novel, even it's nonfiction, it's fiction. But at the same time, I need in the kind of story to have like an emotional connection with the, with the reader, with the audience. And then when I wrote the book, I was thinking in the U.S. market only. I never thought, oh, my God, this book is going to be written in Taiwan, the last country that they bought the right for the book. But I feel it's a, it's a very universal, universal, you know, story. And, and maybe, as you said, it's because it's about refugees. And, and the essence of the German girl, I know it's about the St. Louis. I know it's about, it's a love story between Hannah and Leo. They are children. They promise love until the end of their life. But the German girl is a story about the fears that we have of the others, the people who has different skin color, different accent, a different God or different sexual orientation. We, we always feel that kind of fear because we, we want, I'm including me, that my daughter is going to marry some, someone like me. Mm. We are always afraid of the others. And that's the German girl. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming and visiting us in Australia. And I hope that you have lots more questions to ask and give us more books. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is my first time in Australia and I know it's going to be, it's not going to be the last one. Great. Thank you.